Hello, and welcome to Way Too Twog's Bagpipe and History Podcast, where I, your host Jeremy, explores the possible repertoire of 18th and early 19th century bagpipers. Come and let's enjoy some tunes. one more time i was uh i kind of want to go through I, I was playing bones on that and like i said that's sort of a placeholder as i'm hoping to get a couple of c uh instruments um hoping to get a couple c instruments this year that i'd like to use for that intro which is why it is what it is but uh, anyway i'm just doing a quick little episode here so i don't have time to really fix the intro uh, specifically to take out the bones clicking which uh, on listening back really distracts me <laughs> and i don't care for it uh anyway so welcome to the podcast uh this is sort of a mini episode and i'm realizing i, I don't hate the idea of this becoming a tradition um the thing about walker jackson's tune book is that it is small and uh generally and it's disappointing except that it means i can i can kind of sit through and play it play through all of it in one practice session pretty easily and uh i don't know i don't hate the idea of doing that all the time i put a lot of tunes from uh celebrated irish tunes into um bannocks of barley meal that album and uh, so maybe i'm i'm gonna hate myself for doing this because like you know if i keep playing through this set of if I keep through it, playing through these tunes, I'm going to have better versions of it. I'm going to regret having recorded the other ones, but whatever. Uh, I'm doing this now because I was uh, very happy to have been asked to like contribute a tune for Irish Tune of the Week on Instagram, and I decided to do a Walker Jackson tune. I did um, Jackson's Morning Brush, and I uh, was going to just repost the episode where I played through all of Jackson's celebrated Irish tunes, but I remember not liking several of those takes, and next thing I knew, I just wound up recording a new take of everything. So this is me essentially sight-reading. I think at most I played these tunes three times to try to remember what they sounded like. Um, so apologies for that, but also uh, I think it gives a good indication of uh, a way of, of playing these tunes, and I'll share my thoughts about them uh, maybe but uh this is going to be a pretty brief episode mostly as a uh yeah anyway here's uh here's Cossie's jig this is the first tune in jackson celebrated irish tunes this was published in 1774 and if you remember from uh, last season's smollett holden episode uh smollett holden wound up getting a hold of um, either the rights or the the actual engravings and published a lot of jackson's tunes in his later uh, and Smollett Holland's later collections of tunes. But anyway, let's start some tunes. So I quit talking. This is Cossie's Jig. Thank you. 
That tune is really weird. Uh, it does a couple things I really like, though. Uh, earlier last year, Tom Klein was talking to me about some of the embellishments that I do, which are clearly like Highland piping is where they come from, but um, like essentially like the and Highland piping, like an F or an E doubling, I guess. But I wound up putting those things in inland piping a fair amount or some version of it. Uh, and apparently it's like a thing that you're not supposed to do uh, in inland piping and sort of makes you stand out as uh, a Highland piper or something along those lines. And, uh, but anyway, uh, to, in my own defense, Walker Jackson puts them on his things. I mean, he doesn't have doublings, but he has little trill marks over several notes and Cozy's Jig uses them. Uh, and it's a weird, this is a weird setting in general. So just as it's written, uh, it would be. So it uses quite a few uh, kind of trills on A, uh, which is the equivalent of like an E doubling uh, if you're Highland piping. And there's just, it's just a weird, it's a weird tune and definitely one that every time I play it, I'm like, what is going on with this? I feel like there is a lot, I think Walker Jackson did something real wild with this tune. Like it already sounds pretty cool the way I fake it, I think. Um, but I, I wonder the amount of trills and then that B part does... Like, there's a lot of really cool show-off-y things that, uh, yeah, I wish I could have heard Walker Jackson play. It seems like he did some cool stuff. Uh, anyway, next one is Pither in Enough. Like I should clarify too, uh, Tom Klein wasn't saying that I shouldn't do that, just saying that some people are the opinion that that's not a inland piping thing and it makes you stand out. Um, and I only bring that up again because it, it again is in this setting here in Jackson's um, Pitherin Enough. Again, on the B part, that um, this tune I think is a little bit more straightforward. It doesn't throw me for as much of a loop as Cossie's Jig, but um, Pitherin Enough, it has a
But anyway, it's got some trills over the uh, B, which would be the equivalent of like an F doubling on Highland pipes. So uh, definitely a thing that he was he was comfortable writing and, and using in Ellen pipe ornamentation. But lovely tune. Okay, this next one is another weird one um, that makes me think that... Uh, uh, yeah, this is another weird one. This is the figure of three. Uh, you can go back and if you listen to my kind of extended... Uh, I think I played through these tunes slowly and kind of explored their concordances in a couple episodes of season four or five. And yeah, season five rather. And I might talk about the tunes in more detail that I'm going to in this episode. So uh, folks that are just checking in from Instagram, you know, oftentimes, I guess this is what the podcast has turned into a lot is me playing through one historic setting or maybe two historic collections of tunes. Uh, but sometimes I'll like explore the concordances and the different histories of each uh, of like a specific tune, but that takes a lot more time than I have to give the podcast lately. So anyway, here is figure of three. another reason why I might want to revisit this every time. Uh, there's a baseline on all of um, all of Jackson's stuff, and if he's if he's notating his regulator playing, uh, it seems to be different than what O'Farrell said to do. So O'Farrell, I, I, I need to read his manual again, but I'm pretty sure O'Farrell uh, was a proponent of, of playing the regulators in the way that like we're used to hearing some of the more vaudeville players or, um, is it Leo or Willie? Like one of the, just the bong, 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 like where you just start kind of beating the beat, but moving it around. Um, I can't remember quite whose style does that more, but it's uh, but it, it it feels like a thing that I'm associate with old school pipers. And O'Farrell basically says to do that to not let any note holds. But if Jackson is notating his regulator playing, uh, which I guess you could figure out based on how many notes he's playing, uh, he's using a lot of sustained notes in the bass line. So uh, he's definitely doing that kind of droning with a regulator, a moving drone kind of thing. But just looking at the bass line quickly, I think there's there's too many. Like it's it's sparse, but I think the spread of notes would be beyond 
most sets of regulators in the 1770s. Um, but anyway, another reason to revisit it in a year, uh, or whenever I have a working set of regulators that I have more than the bass and a couple extra notes. Uh, anyway, so that's figure three. The next one, uh, a tune that I love and recorded, and I kind of make a little set out of. This is The Humors of Puccini. tune of the week and also easily jackson's most popular tune jackson's morning brush at least most popular tune at the time there's supposedly jackson gave us irish washerwoman i'm planning to do an irish washerwoman episode at some point because I've, I've seen some old settings of it and i'm not 100 percent convinced of the walker jackson association and i don't know that i've seen that anywhere other than in um, brennan's article saying that it was suggested but not likely um, but anyway here is jackson's morning brush absolutely smash in tune This next one is another tune that uh, uses quite a few kind of B-doubling or B-trill stuffs. Um, well, anyway, it's it's a really stinking good tune, Jackson's Nightcap. I guess it doesn't use a bunch of B-trills, but it does have one uh, kind of the key of the... Um, but anyway, here's Jackson's Nightcap. Thank you. 
that's super good. Jackson over the water. I think uh, I think I put Jackson over the water in Jackson's dream also on Bannock's a barley meal. Just check out that album. It's really good. <laughs> I think I'm pretty pleased with it. And uh, yeah, I keep meaning to press it so it's available in like physical media uh so it gets a little bit more attention because it's uh there's some good stuff there's a lot of jackson tunes on there i thought about changing the name of it to uh jackson's bannocks of barley meal because there's so many jackson tunes on it but at the last minute a bunch of eliza ross tunes got added so it wasn't he wasn't such a clear-cut winner for who made um the most tracks on the album but anyway here is uh jackson over the water Here's Jackson's dream. Uh, I'm really tempted to make a Martin Luther King reference here. I don't know. I, I've I've played, um, you know, at this point I've I've taken in and played Ellen Pipes for my students twice, and the first time around I did it for a world history class after playing uh, after having them watch the Lives of Women Pipers film, and I wound up talking about kind of the history of Ireland a bit and uh, colonization and piping and, and walker jackson as a part of that am i understanding walker jackson like many of these gentlemen pipers like he was you know essentially the ruling class like the colonizing class and in the the late 18th century there was this moment and i think jackson is a good representation of this where it seemed like maybe colonization wasn't going to cont- like like there was an alternate possibility where it wasn't going to go as horribly as it did like colonization is never great uh never even good really um but like there wasn't going to be such an oppressive anti-Irish, anti-Catholic regime in in Ireland uh, that, you know, led to the famine and all kinds of other things. But the famine is just the, the big obvious one. And, you know, Jackson, Protestant landowner and like learned Irish, part of this big Irish music scene. Um, and that, I don't know, and maybe that's too much of a generalization, but he really seems like kind of a, an interesting cat from that that standpoint. And maybe all the gentlemen pipers were. I don't I don't really know. Jackson was just part of like some Irish language clubs and things that seemed pretty uh, heterodox to the like motivations of uh, the English colonization of Ireland. But uh, anyway, here's Jackson's dream.
so this next one is Humors of Listavane. Uh, you know, I thought I was going to put on an episode anyway because I, I just got done playing for my students. Uh, first time around, I played it for world history, like I said, and this time around, I played it for modern American history and kind of did a fun, a fun thing of it's going to be, it's going to wind up being an episode kind of talking about the Chicago World's Fair and the piping at the World's Fair and kind of Chicago and the state of the United States in 1893 and colonization here. Um, but the the Pipers at like the Pipers at the Chicago World Fair, uh, Turla McSweeney and Patsy Tui are sort of you know notoriously good pipers and all the tunes that Turlock like are, is associated with from Francis O'Neill's book. Like, I don't know any of those tunes. <laughs> like, I know Boil a Breakfast Early, uh, which was one of uh, Turlow's favorite tunes, which was um, uh, Wild Irishman or something like that, or Mad Irishman, I'm not sure which, but um, was one of the alternate titles that McSweeney called it. Like, that was the only tune I knew of the, the three that I selected to play for my students, and I've gotten pretty good at sight reading, but O'Neill's settings have always been the hardest for me to sight read, and so trying to sight read in front of a room full of like 30 college students who mostly hadn't seen bagpipes before and didn't know why the professor was making them watch and play music was sort of not ideal <laughs> I definitely choked um, but anyway it's going to be an episode at some point I'm trying to figure out quite how to pull it all together there's a really interesting speech that happens at the Chicago World's Fair as well as all this Irish stuff and uh, I think I can make an interesting episode about that but it's going to take a little bit more time than I thought so uh, anyway uh, that's coming but you can hear all those tunes I, I did uh, Cherish the Ladies Toss the Feathers and uh, Boil the Breakfast Early I just did a quick kind of run through of Turlough McSweeney's stories with those tunes on my social media if you want to hear that podcast episode in the future and very brief uh anyway here's humor's a list of vain i think this might be my worst take of anything um that i recorded for this episode but uh anyway here it is humor's a list of vain. <laughs> next one is Jackson setting for Cumulum, uh, which is also kind of better known as Drops of Brandy. Thank you. 
All right, if that was uh, one of the few, actually, I think that was the only 9-8. Yeah, that was the only 9-8 in the book. And this is the only real in the book. This is Jackson's Turret, a uh, just a crack in good tune. Um, yeah, country dance or real, I'm not sure what you'd call it really, but it's uh, it's a good tune. This next tune is another good reason why I should just replay this every year. Uh, this is Jackson's Boner Buffer, and I uploaded it a couple times where I did a weird hybrid Ellen Pipes plus small pipe duet because it, it goes down and uses that low C, but it also goes up in the second octave. So uh, until I got these G border pipes and really started experimenting with, well, it goes up to the high, um, it goes up to the high F, high F, second F. Uh, in Highland piping, it would be high C, and like that's a note I can get on my chanter sometimes, but it's hard to do reliably. It would be possible with this, but anyway, I'll uh, I'll maybe revisit it on Highland pipes too. But once I got those John Swain border pipes in G, that goes beautifully up to high, uh, kind of the uh, the fourth fourth note up basically. Yeah, you get almost another half octave. So uh, anyway, and you get that lead in note. So here is Jackson's Boner Buffer on Border Pipes. Now, of course, this book doesn't specify that it's for inland pipes uh, or Irish pipes or Union pipes or anything. It just says uh, Jack's, uh, Jackson's celebrated Irish tunes. Um, but, you know, we know that Jackson's an Ellen Piper, but this tune and a couple of them, he really uses that lead in note. And, you know, the, the other spots where there's a lead in note, so you can skip them and kind of fudge it. Uh, like Humors of Pacin uses a lead in note, and it's the last note of the measure. It's just, or of, the, of each part. But, um, but this one, like Boner Balfour, without that lead in note, it just sort of is a nothing tune. So it really makes me think that he played a pastoral chanter. And if you're not, you know, I, I say these words assuming everybody knows this stuff. 
um, mostly because I am pretty sure that everybody knows this stuff better than I do, but in case you don't, uh, pastoral chanters, you know, if, a if an illin pipe is in, you know, illin pipes don't have that lead in note, like highland pipes. If you're listening to this podcast as a highland piper, mostly like highland pipes have that G before you get to the A of the scale. Inland pipes just start on the A of the scale or the D as mostly the case. And you don't really get that lead in C note, but with the pastoral chanter, it had a foot on it and you had that lowest note. Um, the other nice thing about, well, maybe nice, but, um, you didn't play pastoral chanters sort of, uh, closed like you, it was just a constant roar and inland pipe. Basically, um, you could take the foot off and then put it on your knee and, and do more staccato playing in theory. But, uh, it seems like most people didn't, uh, but just played it out. But anyway, it seems like, you know, based on that, the, the use of the lead in note, uh, I think Jackson might've done it, but anyway, we'll go out on maids in the morning. That's the last tune in the book. And, uh, yeah, thanks everybody. If you came here from seeing me host the tune of the week, uh, welcome. I put out episodes, I try to put out episodes once a month, ideally more than that, but, um, I'm just a pretty, I'm just a pretty busy guy. And, uh, yeah, uh, we'll see how that goes. I am teaching, teaching too many classes to be able to put out as many podcasts as I want to. So, uh, once a month is where I'm, where I'm at, except for this one is a bonus sort of kind of, um, I don't think it's going to replace our February episode, but, uh, yeah, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash way twog. I put out bonus episodes and often I'll put out kind of all music episodes rather than me talking. So if you just want to kind of treat every episode like an album, you can do it that way. I also put out tune books on the Patreon feed. So I'll always have links in the show notes of where I got the music and where you can find it. If it is available on like archive sites online. And again, if it's available on archive sites online, I'll release it as a tune book over on the Patreon feed as well. So you can kind of download it. I just put out the tune book for season six and it was, uh, I think like 300 pages or something. It was over 200 pages. Anyway, it was massive. Um, so lots to check out. And uh, as I keep mentioning, I've got a couple albums on Bandcamp uh, that are sort of the best of the previous albums. Oyster Wives Rants, my first album, that's the best of season four. And it's very much just me pulling tunes from the episodes and putting them on the album. And then all the other albums I kind of um, curated a bit more. So Pay the Pipe Maker was sort of a emphasis on all my border piping tunes and border tunes in order to help fundraise these John Swain pipes. And then Bannocks of Barley Meal is the best of season six. And, you know, I'm biased, but I think it's the best album I've got. Um, and then currently I'm working on the best of, um, sorry, Bannocks of Barley Meal is best season five. Currently I'm working on the best of season six, which will be called Roly Poly, uh, which is also a Jackson tune. Jackson's Roly Poly is, is really what the intro tune was all last season. But anyway, uh, thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next month. And here is the maids in the morning. Keep playing those tunes.
me. 